0: I fully like breathy whispered butt stuff <laughs> for no reason.
1: Yep, there's the cold open. It's that time again. Keishanon, your absolute favorite <laughs> podcast about conspiracy theories and cooking. I'm Matt. And I'm Kelly. We are hitting a big one today. Or tonight. I don't know when you're listening to this show. For us, it's tonight. For you, it could be the morning. Maybe you wake up to Keishon. Do you wake up to Keishinon? If you do, let us know. We'd love to know if that's how you start your day. But regardless of what time it is for you, we're taking on a big one. We're taking a lot of risk, I think.
0: We are risking we, our lives. Well and our it, reputations. <laughs>
1: our reputation. Well, that's not much of a risk, you know. But this podcast could get shut down. We never know based on this. You know, if we fucked with the Illuminati. We've been fine, you know, but now we're taking on the big one. We're going to be talking about Scientology.
0: America's favorite fake religion.
1: We're pretty sure this is going to be the first of several episodes. There's a lot to dig into. I feel like we say this every time. So maybe I need to not say that again. Uh. Start taking us down this. uh, Weave us through the tapestry, Kelly, Mm -hmm. of this, uh, this wonderful, delightfully weird and wrong.
0: So I thought I'd uh, start with a background of Scientology, give us a little about what it is, and then take us through a few, maybe lesser known controversies with Scientology that have definitely colored how people look at it through the years. And then the conspiracy part, where is Shelly Miskovich? We still haven't started Googling pronunciations on this podcast. (laughs) Sorry. I feel like I say it in my head and then I went to say it out loud and I was like, that doesn't sound right.
1: I've been thinking that we need to start publishing the Kishanon drinking game. So a couple of things, because I, I, I realize you, know, you could take a drink when I talk over Kelly. You could take a drink when Kelly talks over me. So basically, <laughs> it's any time that we don't know how to pronounce something or take a drink every time Kelly says, who's to say?
0: Who is to say? <laughs> Man, we are ever. to say.
1: We have a podcast. We are to say.
0: I feel like I'm going to start playing the drinking game as we record and we'll see how these turn
1: out. The real Keshannon drinking game is called Record the Kishinan Podcast.
0: I have like a 12-ounce cup full of margarita. <laughs> that's not appropriate, but that's okay.
1: Well, we are talking about Scientology. You might need to provision up.
0: I do usually stick to white wine during the recording, but for Scientology, I was like tequila. It's the only thing. Well, Matt, I didn't tell you anything about this week's episode beforehand. I let you go in completely blind. So what do you know about like Scientology and Shelly Miscavige?
1: I know very little, if not anything, about Shelly Miscavige. Miss Shelly Cabbage? Cabbage? Maybe that's right. Maybe it's not. Miss Shelly's Cabbage. (laughs) Miss Shelly's Cabbage. (laughs) What I do know about Scientology primarily is basically my understanding is that it was created on a dare. And I'm misremembering the other author, but an author basically dared—and I want to say it was Robert Heinlein. I could be wrong. Kind of dared L. Ron Hubbard to create or another science fiction writer because that's L. Ron Hubbard was well-known, you know, a prolific science fiction writer to create a religion, and which he did. And actually, I will tell you, I have read some of L. Ron Hubbard's books—not his Scientology books, but his sci-fi books. I've read some of them; they're not terrible. He's a pretty good sci-fi author.
0: Kesha, on book report time.
1: I really don't remember anything about them. I just remember that I read some of them like in middle school and high school because I read pretty much anything that any sci fi author would write. And I mean, I know that, you know, like Battlefield Earth was that movie with Travolta and it was a terrible movie, but his books have not been super bad. And there's like Zetons or Thetans. And, oh, yeah.
0: I have a whole and, glossary here for us.
1: <laughs> and you move through different levels and you mm-hmm. get experience points, I think. I don't know.
0: Something like that. <laughs> some would say. Yes, like you said, Scientology, I did not learn that it was from Adair, but Scientology was founded in December of 1953 by L. Ron Hubbard. He had previously written a bunch of sci-fi books and self-help books, mostly Dianetics would be the most famous self-help book. He oh wrote. my
1: God, I forgot about Dianetics, all those commercials. I remember the commercial having no idea what it was because I was like a kid, Like, Egypt, but there were many commercials
0: I need for to Dianetics. Be, that's so funny. Okay, so he... His religion had three key points, which was the freedom to enjoy religious expression. Mental healing is inherently religious and healing the physical body is a spiritual practice.
1: All right. I mean, that doesn't sound too far-fetched yet.
0: It doesn't sound far-fetched, but it also doesn't really sound like anything.
1: Well, I was going to say, that's why it's okay. Because it's a little bit (laughs) like true. Yes. The other tenet of the religion is that gravity is a thing. Exactly. I can't wait for you to tell me that Scientologists are gravity deniers now to totally see that I put my phone in my mouth.
0: (laughs) That would have been amazing. I don't think so, but who's to say? Oh, take a shot. L. Ron Hubbard was in control as the chairman of his religion until 1966 when he gave it over to a group of executives. And this is called the something, I forget, like organization. Then get to it later.
1: I would like to point out that just a stant 30 seconds ago, Kelly was making fun of Scientology for being vague and saying nothing, and then just said, and this was called something.
0: <laughs> well, okay, because all their things are called similar things. I think it's called C it's not C org, but it's like the org chart within C org is like the group of executives running it. L. Ron Hubbard died in 1986, and then David Miscavige, who was at the time, this was his title. Commanding officer of the Commodore's messenger organization took over and he became chairman of the board. So that was 1986. David Miskovich is still the chairman of the board. In 1996, he declared it the golden age of technology. And then in 2013, he declared it the second phase of the golden age of technology. And that's how they like subscribe to time. Scientologists believe we're immortal. So that's why they're always working on themselves because they're existing forever.
1: Yeah, I guess if you're going to live forever, you kind of probably want to like, you know, take mm-hmm. care of it. Right. Because you have it'd to be really get to be, right. Yeah. Because it'd be really shitty to like live forever in, you know, unhealthy way. I, I, OK.
0: Right. You would pass your auditing like that's They would approve of you.
1: So am I going to be a Scientologist by the end of this episode? Is this a long con?
0: That's what this is all about.
1: I mean, yeah. the, the whole Kishanon podcast has been Kelly's long con to get me yep. into Scientology.
0: My tactics are different, but they work. <laughs> you've probably heard Scientologists use the phrase Thetans. And when I say you've probably heard that, I mean, if you, like me, watch constant specials trying to take down Scientology, you know that Thetans are the highest spiritual version of yourself. So when you're a human, you're trying to become a Thetan.
1: Uh, see, I completely thought Thetans were like things floating in the atmosphere that attached to you and you had to like shed them or something, but that might be something different.
0: I, I don't know. Maybe a different Scientology basis. It's different. Cause that's what they're called bases.
1: No, I believe that I'm wrong. I'm just saying like, also it's hard to keep track of like religions that are like mentioned in sci-fi and Scientology because well, they are both religions that came out of sci-fi.
0: I will say there could have been changes made from like L. Ron Hubbard Scientology through now. There are some people who hold on strongly to his descriptions and his idea of Scientology. And Shelley Miscavige is one of them. David Miscavige is not.
1: So is David Miscavige like the Martin Luther of Scientology?
0: Okay, so they believe in Xenu. You've heard of Xenu, right? Xenu is Surrey Cruz's real father. So he is the dictator of the galactic confederacy who brought billions of people to Earth 75 million years ago. And then he billions
1: of people, 75 years listen, ago,
0: listen listen to what happened. To them okay. Next. Sorry. 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 Okay. Okay, okay. Okay.
1: I'm getting ahead
0: because what he did was place them around all the volcanoes and then killed them <laughs> with the volcanic <laughs> eruption.
1: That's kind of a raw deal. It'd be like Xenu's like, yo, hey, everybody, like, we're going to go on a field trip. It's going to be cool. We're going to hang out. Psych killing you with a volcano.
0: This sounds fun or interesting to you. L. Ron Hubbard has written a space opera about it, and you can't access this because it's kept in the vault of Scientology documents. But one day, I hope we can all
1: read it. It'll be on Peacock.
0: I'm not paying for another subscription service to listen to this this space opera.
1: Like even if it's the only place to see L. Ron Hubbard's space opera about Zenu, Peacock, you're not getting my money.
0: I'm not. Do I'm not paying you my 8.99 because then two months later it's 11.99 and it never ends. Okay, so Scientologists undergo a process called auditing, which is spiritual rehab and counseling where they discuss negative thoughts, influences and behaviors from their current or past lives. And you have to audit yourself until you're clear, which means you're free from I don't know, anything bad. So you're pre-clear and then you're clear.
1: This is starting to sound like different levels of the TSA. Like, I mean, I feel like I've got pre check and I have clear. Like, so how do I sign up for Thetan? <laughs> like, does Thetan mean that, like, I, you know, can bring a bottle of water with me or something? Like, I've got everything else for getting on airplanes when we can do that again. I but think I don't Once
0: have... you're Thetan, TSA lets you know. They come to you.
1: You can't sign. Oh, it's like global services on United. Nobody <laughs> knows. I'm telling you, the parallels exist because it's like, you know, you know how to get the status, but nobody... They won't tell you exactly how to get global services. They just tell you when you have it. So that's... Ooh, ooh, this is going deep.
0: Just like United Airlines. <laughs> so auditing is where a lot of the abuse in Scientology occurs. More for everyday members. There's a lot of different abuse that occurs in Scientology, but for lower ranking members. And everything that you say in your auditing sessions is permanently recorded and given to the Scientology like corporate offices to do whatever they want with, which is important for later. So they also use E meters, which is literally like a weird machine. They hook up to you like the Scientology lie detector. And it's supposed to measure your truthfulness and to measure if you're clear.
1: That's what I was thinking about that. I thought thetans were things that attached to you and the E meter could detect it, but it's just bad shit. It doesn't have a it name. Just t- it's you so you have a lot of anti-thetans.
0: So there was actually a Supreme Court case about e-meters and they ruled that they're garbage and do nothing. So now when you get your e-meter reading in Scientology, they're legally supposed to say this is a fake machine.
1: No wink, word. Wink, wink.
0: No word on if they follow through on that. There's also been, there was a, a lawsuit in the Netherlands because a famous Dutch artist went to join Scientology as one does sometimes. and. An 11-year-old was working full-time as an auditor, so she brought this child labor abuse to the Netherlands Police Department, and Scientology got in trouble there. Scientology was also banned in Australia for, like, 40 years, for a long time.
1: And that's saying something, because, like, anything goes down there, right? I mean, they're just...
0: Yeah, it's just, it's an old prisoner's colony, (laughs) so whatever. But it was something called the Anderson Report. And basically, they said auditing was a dangerous form of hypnosis done by people who weren't licensed or instructed in hypnosis. And in 1965, they banned Scientology. Scientology has fought this since from 1965 to 2011. They argued this in courts. And in 2011, finally got it reversed and got protected religious status in Australia. Because they have spent all that time paying off judges and infiltrating police departments and infiltrating the legal system there, which is what they do. You'll find out later. They just they got in big trouble in England because they basically found like direct payments between si- the Church of Scientology and the West Sussex Police Department, Or Bobby Department. I don't know what they call it in England, but they and when we get to Shelley Miscavige, you'll see there's. Big internal turmoil within the LAPD about the investigation into her disappearance and how it isn't being handled.
1: So if Scientology went after the entire country of Australia for like 70 years for talking shit about them, Mm -hmm. we are right and truly fucked on this podcast is what I'm hearing there. So this may be the last episode of on you ever hear.
0: I'll get into their tactics that L. Rod Hubbard wrote that they were allowed to do to people that were anti-Scientology. He literally had like a, he, there's like a legal religious hit list you're allowed to keep in Scientology. So there's also, this is what I was talking about earlier. I couldn't remember. Is that like Nixon's
1: enemy? enemy? Yes. Is that like Nixon's enemies list? Correct. I'm trying to be like better about this in a little bit. Like I'm like, I actually do know how to podcast. I remember to do shit like that. It's not going to always happen though.
0: Whichever way you like it. I'm just here to get drunk and babble about the things I found online.
1: That Yep, that is that is our new intro. That's how we start. So welcome to Keisha Han, where Kelly gets drunk and babbles about shit she found online.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm not mad at it. Okay, so Sea Org is like the elite organization within Scientology. It's, it's technically classified as a fraternal religious order, and it's an elite group of the most dedicated Scientologists, which all I could think of was the Law and Order SVU intro. Dedicated <laughs> detectives, an elite order of detectives to investigate the most heinous crimes. Okay, so to join C Org, you have to make a lifetime commitment to Scientology, which you do anyway when you join Scientology, because you sign a billion-year contract. Right, just like literally a billionaire. Year? Yeah, that's their contract for one bill. Yeah,
1: with a B. Okay, I'm sure. Why not?
0: I mean, at that point, it's still know,
1: better than most gym memberships.
0: You can get out of it. <laughs> you can get out of this contract. So you sign a lifetime commitment to Scientology. So a billion years in exchange for room and board. <laughs> seems, seems worth it. The motto is "We come back." Okay.
1: It's not a threat. It's a promise.
0: It is a really abusive and harmful organization. Some have compared it to the Gestapo and the Nazi party. It's like that is what they are. But don't fret because if you get kicked out of Sea Org, they do offer a second chance program.
1: So wait, I still want to check because we kind of got distracted and like what it's required to be serious. So far, the only requirement I kind of heard was the same that's true for everybody, which is a lifetime commitment. And then it also sounds like you also have to be a giant asshole.
0: Yeah. You basically have to dedicate your life to being a Scientologist. So like they do ha- while well, you do all this auditing and you sign these contracts, there are still like lower level Scientologists. But, like
1: like, like Easter go Catholics, the,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Like they'll go to the centers. They do auditing, but they're not like, they're, they're not, they still have jobs outside of Scientology. They still Sea org is like a really weird insular sect of Scientology almost, but they're like the elite and they're running the show and they're basically getting rich off everyone, except they don't keep the money. It all goes to David Miscavige and the church and it like parents sign away their kids to see org and there's like child parent separation and a lot of forced labor. There's like a lot of dark stuff about it too, that I, we probably don't need to talk about, but there was like several lawsuits because they were forcing abortions because they didn't want the Seaorg org people to have children. So they finally stopped doing that because they got told they couldn't by the law, like just weird, abusive, it, just very abusive practices. Like it's very much a cult and not, A fun one, so if those exist, but all the people we'll be talking about were member, are members of Sea Org.
1: These are these are people in Sea Org,
0: like the higher ups. And I think you know, like a lot of cults or like a lot of terrible groups. Eighty percent of people in Scientology still don't exist in this realm of Sea Org, so they're the ones that are on the streets denying that it's harmful because they don't encounter that.
1: Right, they're just sort of on the the fringe of it. Yeah.
0: And they also make sure they protect their celebrity members. They court and protect them so that they don't see these abuses so that they continue talking about how it's just a positive experience. It's it's all very classic, like manipulative culty stuff. So I, you know, I don't want to say Bob, your accountant who goes to the church of Scientology probably isn't aware of what's happening with this, you know? I mean, they probably are now to do the publicity.
1: But that's not their experience of Scientology. That's not what practicing Scientology for them is not this abusive, manipulative stuff that people in Sea Org are doing. They're right. You know, so you can still be cool with Bob.
0: Yeah. And we can parallel the Catholic Church all day. You know, like what? Who knows what's going on at the the Vatican? But like when I'm just showing up at St. Pat's on Easter and Christmas, you know, I don't know. But yeah, so they've lent themselves to a lot of conspiracy theories and a lot of controversy, mostly because they're very secretive. They spend millions of dollars a year in court to suppress people from publicizing, publishing, discussing anything related to the church teachings, practices and symbols. It's just a very cult like thing. Like they just don't. Talk about it. They also publicly get into fights with the field of psychiatry. They're very opposed to psychiatry, and they have a whole commission called the Citizens Commission on Human Rights, which is to save people from getting psychological treatment and being harmed because they should be audited instead. And they have an anti-psychiatry museum in Hollywood, which is where I'll be going first thing as soon as I, as soon as I can get a few days off.
1: Right. Hey, well, Go check
0: know. it out. Okay, so. They have a whole theory that L. Ron Hubbard wrote out in the original Church of Scientology book, and it's called Attack the Attacker. Did, do you watch It's Always Sunny? Yes. It's like the Dennis system, but for fighting civilians who are anti-Scientology. Oh, hmm. So it's the SSDS system. So one, you spot who is attacking. Two, you start investigating them promptly.
1: I just remembered that this is not a video podcast, so our listeners cannot see me acting out these steps as Kelly is doing them. But I just want you to imagine that I am. Yes, I spotted.
0: And then you double curve them by saying that you want the investigation into them. They don't need to be investigating Scientology.
1: The double curve was a completely wasted acting out because not only can you the listener not see it kelly was looking down when i did it so i entertained myself at least i didn't
0: memorize ssds i have to look at my notes
1: you are not (laughs) feeding
0: definitely not you (laughs) the last s is to start feeding lurid blood sex crime evidence on the attackers to the press
1: (laughs) at least that sounds fun
0: Yes, that is the fun part, is when you make up stuff about your enemies and you take it to the press. L. Ron Hubbard also wrote into the doctrine of the Church of Scientology that it's a fair game policy. So anyone who is a suppressive person, which is a person with anti-Scientology beliefs, they are fair game. L. Ron Hubbard went to court to get this declared a religious doctrine and was shot down.
1: Basically, he wanted it to be said it's a religious doctrine that he can be an asshole to anybody he wants regardless of the Anyone. rule of law. Anyone. Funny how that didn't work out so well. Like the uh, Ron Swanson permit, I can do what I want, does not hold up in court even if you are L. Ron Hubbard.
0: Ron Swanson's would hold up if I was the judge, though. <laughs>
1: I was going <laughs> to say, clear. I also would like to be very clear that I see no parallels between Ron Swanson and L. Ron Hubbard.
0: No, one <laughs> is an angel on Earth and the other is L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> Beaten Zenu. <laughs> Maybe. So they have the official term for attack the attacker is dead agenting. So once you're a person who's come out against Scientology and they decide to attack you, you're a dead agent. And then L. Ron Hubbard has the R245 list, which is the list of sixteen people you can shoot in the head with a 45 revolver. Very casual.
1: Are these and it was 16 specific people?
0: So he but wrote they- a memo. He wrote a memo with original twelve people on it, and then added four more in nineteen sixty eight, and it's been a rotating list ever since.
1: I was going to say, do they update it, or is it just like you just?
0: Well, and David Miscavige has become a. I don't want to mince words. He's a psychotic dictator. I, he's a violent, abusive dictator of this fake religion. Okay, so we have a lot of criminal history with Scientology. So they've always been kind of on the you know, fringes, I guess, of what is acceptable. There was something called the... Hold on, we have to pause because I didn't write down what it was called. Okay, sorry. L. Ron Hubbard and his wife Mary Sue Hubbard and several other top Scientologists were arrested, criminally tried and prosecuted in the 1970s for something called Operation Snow White. And they infiltrated the IRS. (laughs) And like... Committed espionage against the United States. They basically completed. It was 136 different thefts of information and goods and services from different government agencies, including the IRS. And it was all because they wanted to become, they wanted to become tax exempt, and the IRS wasn't giving them tax exempt status, or the courts weren't, and so they did all this stuff to like threaten them.
1: So it was like for blackmail purposes. Is why they kind
0: of. And then we can get into this in a whole other episode. I did not research this fully, so I'm going to be pretty vague, but it would be an interesting episode, but I'd already done the Shelley research.
1: So the, we'll have a follow-up episode on the Scientology IRS learning. heist operation. Yeah, because,
0: and also like L. Ron Hubbard, like all true great male dickheads in the world, let his wife completely take the fall and go to federal prison. And then he managed to, he basically sold out all the people he was ordering to do this stuff to, took a deal and avoided all prosecution and was just labeled as like a person of interest. While everyone else just like went to federal prison and they were raided by the FBI a lot during this. Also the president of Scientology in Spain. So like whoever was the acting head in Spain was arrested by the Spanish government for running a cult (laughs) Everywhere but the U.S. has really gotten on top of these people. I was going to
1: say it's frowned upon.
0: Yeah, same thing happened in Belgium. In France, all the directors of the board of the Church of Scientology in France went to jail for embezzlement. They all got taken down because they literally got caught buying complete police departments all over England and the U.K. So that's kind of their criminal history. And then I have a few basically suspicious deaths that have occurred of like noted Scientologists that started drawing attention to the Church of Scientology in the U.S. So I'm sorry, this is a little bit of a darker episode. But the first one was in 1996. Well, not the first one, but in 1996, a woman named Lisa McPherson, she was 36 years old at the time. She died of a pulmonary embolism at a Scientology-owned hotel in Clearwater. I guess I should add now, Scientology's United States base, their main base is in Clearwater, Florida. They own over 70% of the real estate in Clearwater, Florida. They own the whole town.
1: Oh, wow. I did not know that. I,
0: I did not either until I was looking into this. And most of the town is just empty because they won't rent or sell to anyone. They just own these buildings, get tax breaks on them. And then I don't know what they do. I mean, they torture and murder people. So Lisa McPherson was being cared for by a psychiatrist Scientology, she was 36 years old, so she was an adult, but she was under the care of a psychiatrist at a hospital. Scientology went to court, fought to get custody of her, so they got named her guardian. Took her to a Scientology hotel in Florida where they stopped all of her psychiatric treatment to audit her till she was clear of her demons. And then she died. And the official cause of death was a pulmonary embolism, but she had bruises and puncture wounds like all over her body yeah and this was in 1996 so not like terribly long ago but this was a thing because it happened in clearwater and they own this whole town they own the police force
1: so it was just like they just swept under the rug yeah
0: yes and her parents fought and won a 100 million dollar civil suit but the only reason it's completely sealed like scientology went back i think after the fact and got it they did something because their lawyers are like obviously very good at their jobs there was a woman ellie perkins and she was kind of these people just make me sad because they're not in c org they're not these high-ranking scientology people these are just innocent people
1: you mean who all these things are happening to these are yes just the like all this file. yeah
0: these deaths there's like three i go over here because i don't want to bring us down too much but she was at the church of scientology center in buffalo new york seeking assistance for her son her son was very aggressive and having mental health problems he had been arrested. As part of the court agreement to get him released, she said she would take him to get psychiatric help, and she chose the Church of Scientology. So they immediately took him off all of his meds. And uh, But Scientology then, like he wasn't getting better with auditing because he obviously needed medication and help. So he wasn't getting better with auditing. So they just stopped treating him, labeled him a PTS, which is a potential trouble source, and just banned him from the church.
1: So they just kicked him out and were like, peace And out. then he like, killed his mom.
0: Yeah, like these people are disgusting. Then there is this young man, Noah Lottick in 1990. He committed suicide and basically said it was because his family also won a giant civil suit. He had given all of his money to Scientology and could no longer pay for college and didn't want to tell his parents. And Scientology wouldn't help him. And that's the thing, if you guys have watched Leah Remini's Scientology documentary with Mike Rinder, because they were two high-ranking Scientologists that got out. But they talk about how for these lower level people who are just going to the church of Scientology and engaging with these practices, it's all a money grab because to audit and go clear, you have to keep paying for more classes and more books, but that's not enough for them either. And that's why they court famous people. Like they would just call Leah up and be like, you need to give us $200,000 to get these books. Like, okay. And she's doing, she said it was like, her peak in Scientology coincided with King of Queens when she was making tons of money per episode. And she was paying... Her parents had been in it for a long time. And so she was just paying all the time. The famous people they'll give perks to and give them stuff back. And that keeps them in this cycle. And her and Mike Rinder talk about how they do it to Tom Cruise. And I get into that a little bit because Shelly Miskovich was basically Tom Cruise's personal handler. like He was her full-time thing. But basically, so Scientology, they are not a legitimate religion. There's been lots of fights in court to try to get them to no longer have tax exempt status. They brainwash you. They make you disconnect from your family. The only country that's really doing this right is Germany. Because this started in the 60s, okay? And Germany was like, we just, we're not even 20 years out from the Nazi party. So they won't let them in at all to the point where it's caused like diplomatic crises because they've, because Scientology has protected status as a religion in the United States. And Germany won't let them in. The German diplomat, like the United States diplomat to Germany, sorry, has had to apologize to American Scientologists living in Germany for their human rights violations and maltreatment. They've had to grant asylum. This country, <laughs> the United States, has granted asylum to German Scientologists who get treated unfairly for their fake Zenu religion.
1: <laughs> for, right. For the made up. Yeah. Okay. Great. Fantastic.
0: Insane. So Shelly Miscavige was born Michelle Diane. I don't remember her maiden name. She was born in 1961. Her dad was a handyman, kind of worked odd jobs, had trouble keeping a job down. Her mom had a lot of mental health issues. Her mom joined Scientology at some point in her upbringing, but she was younger, like eight or nine or 10. And then when Shelly was 12, her mom just signed her and her sister over to Scientology and they lived and worked in Sea Org. So she's been in this organization for as long as she can.
1: This is this is just what she knows her whole life.
0: And I, I think it's important to bring up because there's so many things and abuses and harmful things she's been complicit with. But it's also important to remember that she doesn't know a different world. Not to defend what she does later on or some things, but she's also a missing adult human right now. She and David married when they were 21 and 22, so very young. David was also raised in Sea Org. He, so I this think is his, just
1: their entire context.
0: Yes. And I'm not certain of this, but I believe I'm trying to remember the book, but I believe David's dad was like a friend of L Ron Hubbard. Like they were in close with the original church of Scientology. So Shelly Miskovich has not been seen since August of 2007, where she was seen at her dad's funeral. Prior to that, she had not been seen for over a year. So wherever she was being held, they let her out for her dad's funeral. So, it's just like a lot of information. So in 2012, attorneys for the Church of Scientology said she was living a private life devoted to Scientology and was no longer a public figure. And that just because her husband, David Miscavige was a public figure doesn't mean she is. There's been over five missing persons reports filed with the LAPD. All said that they found Shelly Miscavige to be alive and well and had contact with her. She was just wishing to remain private. I'll get into later why this is suspicious. <laughs>
1: Right, right, right. I was going to say, it seems like there's... Uh, I mean, I understand that, like, generally speaking, you know, a private citizen is a private citizen. And, you know, but... Yeah. Like, yeah, at a certain point.
0: So, there's a few things. And then several former LAPD officers that are part of the LAPD Hollywood Division, which... Okay. It sounds um, like
1: another special law and order.
0: They spoke out because... Shelly, Scientology always gets handled by the LAPD Scientology or Hollywood Division when it's in California because it's high profile and famous and that's what they're there to do. But whenever these reports come through, it gets taken away from them and gets handled by someone else. And also all the actual reports have been sealed by a judge, which is completely not normal from the research I did for a missing persons report. If the person is found, the, the reports are never sealed. Okay. So she married David Miskovich when she, he was 22 and she was 21, which was four years before he became like chief Xenu officer or whatever he is. So it was before he like ascended to power, but they were both tight with Elrond and his people. So basically she got named as David Miskovich's assistant and was basically his full-time like liaison to Tom Cruise at some point, but also did a bunch of odd jobs. But as we'll find out, it was just whatever David wanted her to be doing that day because he's a dictator with complete control. So also, remember when Tom Cruise dated Penelope Cruz and there was a double cruise? So Shelly found Penelope, groomed her, introduced her to Tom, and then personally supervised all of her audits. Very normal.
1: There's a lot of work going on here. I'm just saying this seems like a lot to manage.
0: She's like, Tom Cruise's pimp.
1: So actually, okay. I don't want to like, you know, we know about like the celebrities and stuff, but I imagine that there are, it's, they're probably targeted celebrities because uh, of financial reasons, but also because of exposure. Right. But I assume there's also lots of outside of Hollywood wealthy people that are likewise targeted by Scientology, you know, to get them in because they will happily fork over $200,000 for a set of books. Well,
0: Look, they're targeting the same people any cult does, right? People who don't have a strong background, they don't have strong connections to a community or their family is in Scientology. People who are willing to part with any money and any belongings they have to find a higher self, whatever it may be. You know, they know who to look for, they know who to go after. And just like you said, like the celebrities are high profile. They want Scientology to be like a good thing that celebrities talk about, not this like abusive cult. And they want their money. (laughs) And two Scientologists, like Tom Cruise is the ultimate Scientologist, right? He's the number one person you think of.
1: Right. Right. The brand. Yeah.
0: So finding him the perfect Scientologist mate, who's just as famous as he is, like was literally 12 years of her life after Nicole finally made her escape. Like Nicole Kidman and Katie Holmes, like they both just like really got out. Just so proud of both of them. So after Penelope Cruz abruptly left, they were really upset. They had to regroup. David Miskovich came down hard on his wife for not finding the perfect woman for Tom. He didn't know what went wrong. So she found and groomed Katie Holmes. and she would just introduce, you know, um while she was finding and grooming Katie Holmes, the way she connected with her was, she was supervising a complete like million dollar renovation of Tom Cruise's Beverly Hills home. And basically, just used like, I, I don't know, like design and architecture bait to get Katie interested in the home and then introduced her to Tom and also oversaw her auditing. So, David and Shelly also had a weird marriage. Sea Org is very chaste. So, you can't, like, in the official doctrine, which I read, it says no heavy petting before marriage. And I was like, even the Catholic Church allows heavy petting. You can
1: have a little heavy petting,
0: <laughs> you can have some heavy petting as a treat oh just no butt stuff but so david and shelly they had a full staff constantly around them they were never alone but they didn't have they had separate bedrooms they never were caught kissing they were never seen being affectionate to each other like everyone thought it was just a business marriage but it might have been but also they were both raised in sea org where it was like you can't masturbate you can't kiss you can't do anything like what else were they supposed to do but shelly did get jealous because she would get jealous of other women around David Miscavige saying that they were trying to like, I don't know, make him lose his feet and status right, and like right. some,
1: yeah, do some heavy petting her
0: and- big titties in his face. <laughs> she get, would get mad, but basically David Miscavige is said to not, there's never been any known affairs or anything, but he just likes to surround himself with a bunch of like, Hot young women. And I'm like, yeah, David Miskovich is like an ugly dude who's like five foot three by all accounts. So, like, the only way he's surrounded by hot women is if he like forces them to be there as his job. Like, but anyway, <laughs> David Miskovich makes me very upset. In 2006, David Miskovich wanted to change up the org chart, which is like the C suite of Scientology. Okay. But he couldn't figure so he was out how gonna, to make it work.
1: He was going to shake things up a little bit, you know, kind of bring in, you know, he's going to think outside the box, Was going to change the paradigm, all Mm-mm. that stuff.
0: He was praying to Zeno every night, and he was like, how can I make this better? And Zeno was like, BRB, I'm very busy depositing billions of people near volcanoes. All right. I don't have time for you, David. So Shelly, he was stressed. David was stressed. And David went to spend some time alone in Clearwater. And this flipped Shelly Which is easy to
1: do because nobody's there.
0: He can just go alone on Tom Cruise's PJ and go spend time in the empty town of Clearwater, Florida.
1: But Shelly was not into it. She had concerns.
0: You know, I don't even think she wasn't into it, but I think he had never left. They had never spent a night apart. I mean, just in their separate bedrooms, but they had never spent their bedrooms were always in the same home. And so she got freaked out. And also what we should remember about Shelly Miskovic is she's a big diehard Elron girl. Like he's still her Jesus. Like anything Elron said is still her gospel. And David veers from Elron. But so while he was gone in Florida, she tried to ma- she made some choices. She took it upon herself to make some sea org chart changes. David found out that she did this without his permission and he didn't like it. And he thought it was a power grab. And there was a man, Marty, who has since left Scientology, but she, Marty was talking to her about this. So this was 2006. His name is Mark Headley, not Marty. Sorry. Marty is another dude, but Mark was talking to her about something before David got back from Clearwater to it's like outside of LA, I think is where they're at. But, and she said, I fucked up. I can't help you anymore. And then as soon as David came back, no one heard from Shelly again for another year until she went to her dad's funeral.
1: Oh, so yeah, it's,
0: time. um, so people assumed when she was disappeared, that she was getting a C check. So a C check is basically when you're held captive because you've become an SP or a bad person, in Scientology And you'll have repeated interrogations by C-Org security, and you'll need to confess and repent and submit to Xenu. And then everything in any C-Check, any single thing, it's told to David Miskovich For any person in C-Check, he reads their full report. Because remember, everything is written down and given to Scientology. And then you'll have months of auditing and reprogramming with hard labor. So that's where everyone assumed Shelly was.
1: She was going through that whole process.
0: Right. And also, like, Shelly knows secrets because she was married to David, who's the dictator of Xenu. And so basically, it got out in one of her auditing reports that got, like, leaked that David liked to read Tom Cruise's auditing report. And disclaimer, (laughs) this gets gross. But David likes to enjoy himself to Tom Cruise's sexual confessions in his audits. And as you'll know, enjoying yourself is against the rules of Sea org.
1: Regardless of whose audits you're, you know, doing this to. You just don't, it's just not done.
0: It's against the rules. You can't get yourself happy reading Tom Cruise's You cannot
1: sex- do a little self audit.
0: That's what it was. Is David was self auditing to Tom Cruise's sex audits, all right? And it's against the rules, and Shelly knew and said it out loud in one of her auditing sessions, which, of course, she would because she thinks the e-meters can tell if she's holding anything in. Right,
1: right. Yeah, she can't mind.
0: She doesn't know. Okay, let's see. Okay, so Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes get married, and this is why I was telling you all this. So she's personally doing all this, right? Well, Shelly's not at the wedding. And you'll remember this wedding if you're like me and crazy. Do you remember this wedding, Matt?
1: I don't, but I'm not everyone to say that I'm not there. crazy. I'm just not crazy like you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's in a different way. Everyone was at this wedding. J.Lo was at this wedding. The Beckhams were at this wedding. This was like a three million dollar, like five day Italian fest. Like everyone was there. Shelly. Well, not Shelly and Leah Remini. This is Leah Remini and Shelly were like good friends, and Shelly started or er, Leah Remini started asking questions out loud at the wedding and was like, where's Shelly?" And she says she wasn't doing it in an accusatory way, but she just really was confused. Just curious,
1: yeah, yeah. Be like, why not? We would expect she would be here. Uh,
0: yeah, and everyone in Corg during this time had obviously noticed a change in David. He had become even more abusive, very much like Hitler in his bunker. It was getting weird, and maybe cocaine was involved. So, yeah, she just wasn't there. Everyone became suspicious, and Leah Remini. This is when Leah started plotting her exit. Because when Shelly wasn't at this wedding, she thought to herself, David has had her killed. So this is where we come up with, I, I don't want to call them conspiracies, but like the theories for where Shelly is. So most people think that she's being held against her will doing the C-check stuff, but for like 15 years, um, sorry, at a church of Scientology compound in San Bernardino County, California. So it's like in the desert somewhere, I believe. But it's this like cabin camp they have of Scientology. So it's like all these little wood cabins where you can go stay for a relaxing Sea Org trip to get audited by some weirdos. Tom Cruise goes there a lot to stay off the grid. But this place also has five underground or five square miles underground of nuclear proof. Like, Why does anyone need that?
1: Why do you need so many at least?
0: Why is your bunker so big? If you're immortal, why you can't be immortal through a nuke?
1: Right. This is some low-grade immortality there, Zeno. Something that's not adding up.
0: Right. Like, Zeno's like, you're immortal. And they're like, we need five miles of nuke-proof bunkers. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, if you're
1: hanging out with Zeno, I think you need to not have so much nuke-proof bunkers as, like, volcano-proof, like, suits. I think you're looking for the wrong threat. but
0: Some lava suits? Just in, just in case. I wonder if that's how the floor is lava game got invented as some kids were reading some old Zenu books. They were like, shit. So most people think that's where she's at. Oh, also, I forgot to add this little tidbit in. Like I mentioned, Shelly's mom was a member of the Church of Scientology. Okay, but her mom got murdered. Then the eight- Oh,
1: that's a. Small little addition, I think. You know, because I found
0: it later. I'm so sorry. My research is disorganized, you guys. And if that shocks you, then I'm sorry. And you should stop listening.
1: I was going to say, if that shocks you, then you are new, a new listener. To
0: you are show. brand new. Welcome. But this is how it's going to be. So her mom joined some fringe Scientology group, which can you even imagine what the fringe groups, right? Like. Right.
1: Yeah, you're like, okay, we're really talking about like some, what you know, shit into? invented, <laughs> some shit invented by a carny, like, you know, while he was drinking, you know, like formaldehyde or something. I don't know.
0: I could barely read about Xenu and Thetans without just like losing it. And then I'm in a fringe group. No, thank you.
1: That's mainstream, (laughs) right?
0: Maybe they're just normal in the fringe groups. But so they, her mom joined a fringe group, was found dead with six bullet holes in her. The coroner ruled it a suicide.
1: I thought you were going to say it was another pulmonary embolism.
0: Almost, but they had to switch it up this time. They were like, two pulmonary embolisms with bullet wounds will get suspicious. So we'll just call this a six shot suicide. You know, she just put two gunshots, whatever. So when they found out that Shelly Miskovich's mom was dead, David said, Good, that bitch got what she deserved.
1: Strong empathy.
0: I. That's probably when my marriage would have ended, (laughs) but you know, I'm not Shelly. I don't know what was going through her. I don't want to victim blame. I'm not victim blaming, but I just, I don't know. Okay. So this compound, it's heavily guarded, high tech surveillance and equipment. No one can get in or out without being let in or out. There's barbed wire, electric, whatever. You have the picture. It's like the underground at the Denver airport. If you throw back to episode
1: one, Right. There's there's a lot of uh, it's almost like it would be hard to get in out and out if you weren't Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible.
0: That's where he trains. That's how he does Layers. all his own stuff. So this is the compound where almost all the former C org members who have managed to escape, they're like, if she's anywhere still, this is where that's she's at. that's
1: where she's located.
0: Yes. So then, you know, like I said, a bunch of people have filed missing persons. LAPD keeps saying they talked to her, which I'm like, that might be true because she's being held here and they just let the cops speak to her. Robert McLean, he was a TSA whistleblower, but I'm not sure for what, but he had publicly acknowledged guarding her because she's under 24 hour guard at this compound. But then he got threatened, he got fired, and someone, tr- like, I think someone ran over his, like, Somebody in his family got hurt, and so he retracted all statements and said that he's never worked for Scientology.
1: All completely normal, non-suspicious things to happen to somebody who, you know. yeah.
0: Can't wait for it to start happening to us after this episode is released. There have been sightings of Shelley in Crestline, California, and other Southern California towns that would be reasonably around where this compound is. In 2015, and then again in 2016, locals in this town saw a woman who looked just like Shelly, and she was with two bodyguards. Appeared disheveled. I mean, it makes sense. But basically, yeah. So people think she's being held at this compound. So in 2019, someone matching Shelly's description was secreted off the Scientology cruise ship. Which they, own they have
1: their own a cruise ship. ship? Yeah. yeah, I'm
0: sorry. I forgot to. It's one of their bases. It's one of their Zenu bases.
1: When they can't do things in Clearwater, they're like, they go out to international waters in their cruise ship.
0: Mm-hmm. That's where they do all the really secret murders that they don't think the Clearwater police could cover up is on their own cruise ship. So the Church of Scientology has now publicly began blaming Leah Remini and Mike Rinder. Mike Rinder was basically like the second in command to David Miscavige and left. He escaped like Leah Remini. And they do the documentary together, and they wrote this book together. And Scientology has started saying that they're the reason Shelley doesn't want to be seen or talked to because they've brought so much bad publicity to the Church of Scientology that she's been forced underground. Valerie Haney was a member of the Church of Scientology for 22 years, and she was Shelley's personal assistant. And she did see her the last time she saw Shelly was in 2007, and she was crying and being put in a black Mercedes near the base where they think she's being kept. There's conspiracy that she's there, but also like credible. I was
1: gonna say, it seems yeah. like there's a lot of, you know, non circumstantial evidence, you know, yes. that this that, that adds up to this.
0: And there's also many, like, dozens of accounts. I did not write them all down, but basically, like, before Shelly was disappeared, just talking about. Like I joked about Hitler in the bunker, but all these just like crazy changes David was undergoing, like he was just losing it and snapping, and it caused this great exit, which was this all these higher ups in Sea Org and wealthy public members leaving.
1: Then they were like, Okay, this is really this has gotten beyond the pale. Like we yeah. could we could handle all the other stuff, but now there is turns out there is a line.
0: And if you remember your celebrity gossip history, like I do, because I have useless things stored in my brain. The time of this great escape was also when things did start to turn for Scientology publicly because celebrities started denying that they were involved They're interested. So Scientology was going full-court press on J.Lo and the Beckhams, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith, and I don't know if any of them are in Scientology. But if they are, they're not doing it publicly, and they deny it to the public. So Scientology stopped being even like something you could publicly acknowledge you were a part of. Right. Even if
1: you were or you weren't, you were going to. Right. Not wear it on your sleeve.
0: They're like path forward of all courting all these like high power celebrities and famous people, public facing people just stopped being able to work. Around 2006, 2007, it's gotten worse, but Mike Rinder has also said he doesn't have the proof, but he believes he had seen documents saying that after Shelley made the C org exec changes without David, mis- David knowing he had her classified as a non-person which i don't
1: yeah i mean i'm not sure what that is but it doesn't sound good
0: something that david made up it's a like a suppressive person in sp but different <laughs> so this was the guy detective kevin becker is the lapd detective that's provided written affidavits so like been submitted to court and other officers did too saying that they didn't ever really do these missing persons investigations and then reports were just written saying that she had been
1: They seen. just wrote the reports, yeah. Cuz
0: And then the reports were all immediately sealed after they did all this stuff and it's something that Leah Remini and Mike Rinder are pressing and like spending their own money on
1: to get them unsealed.
0: Uh-huh. And because Scientology has a history of paying off police departments, they think they might have some success at some point, but it'll also all depend on like who the judge is.
1: This has been a long and winding trip down through some dark passages of Scientology, but yet it is only the beginning. We will be revisiting this topic in the future. So be sure to, you know, subscribe to the pod. You can do that. In ways that you you know how podcasts work, you can subscribe to us. Oh,
0: also thank you for the people who have rated and tried to review and then asked me, and I don't know how to review the podcast, so I cannot help. There was like two people that asked me, and I was like, "Mm -hmm, I don't know.
1: Uh, Yeah, someone asked me today how to rate the podcast on Spotify. Just in case you're curious, you cannot. Spotify does not have ratings or rankings, but it is something that people have asked for. Maybe one day, but where you can rate or review the podcast is on the iTunes store. So if you go to Kishanon.com slash iTunes, that will take you to the place upon which you can do it. You'll need an Apple ID. So if you don't have those things, I then you can't. But if you can't rate or review us, you can tweet at us at Kishanon or send us nice Instagram messages at Kishanon and tell us what you would write in your review that you didn't do because whatever reason, I'm sure it's valid and... We don't, you know, we trust and believe and, and love all of you seven listeners to our episode. I was just thinking about that. I was like, you know, we're really worried about Scientology coming after us. But basically, as long as your mom isn't a Scientologist, we're probably fine because they won't even know.
0: She is a real wild card, though. You never know what Calf is up to or into. She might we get are... mad at me and sell us out to the Scientologist.
1: It is a risk that we carry. As always, this is Keisha on. And remember that the truth
0: and tacos
1: are out there.